gentlemen, to the WCI 3-in-1 podcast. Brett Barron's here in Champaign. Andy Olson in Minneapolis to see Illinois absolutely blow out Minnesota. 76-53. to Andy, I'm calling this one shut the barn door because Illinois absolutely came in and dominated. I had a lot of questions about how this was going to go tonight after this game was delayed from Sunday. Illinois hasn't played in 13 days. I didn't know what the conditioning would be like. And I leave, Andy, and I have no questions about this team of, of what it was because they came out, got out to a great start, and it was essentially over there. I know it got to seven at one point there in, late in the first half, but like Illinois was clearly the better team tonight from the start. Yeah, how many is that uh, against Minnesota now? Like five of six or something, I think, that I saw. Crazy. Maybe I'm making up, maybe I'm making up stats, but I, I'm pretty sure that was the case. But yeah, from the very tip-off, it, it seemed like Illinois kind of just had this thing in the bag. And I think I had the same questions as you did coming in. I think everyone really had the same questions coming in because if you weren't able to play this game two days ago because you didn't have the minimum amount of players required, which is seven set by the NCAA, then you know, what difference is two days going to make? And it turns out it made a huge difference because everyone came back. There was no one out with COVID. Uh, the two players who were out, Corbello and Hutcherson, were out before uh, the the whole pause in the program. And they just came out and, and flat out outplayed Minnesota in every aspect of the game. I don't think there was really one where the Golden Gophers were able to keep up with Illinois at all. And it's almost like that they, they didn't have the pause essentially because, you know, they had fresh legs, but you have to imagine that not being able to practice for so long would have had an impact. And it just, it wasn't out there. So I don't know if that's, um, we should praise the conditioning of what Fletch and what Brad Underwood has kind of instilled in his guys to have that long off and still be able to have that, that type of energy on the court. But, you know, if you had given me the probabilities of this type of game happening with all we knew coming into this one, I would have said that it would probably be pretty low probability of it going like this. Yeah, I didn't think Illinois was going to certainly win by 23 points coming into this game. And it's the same thing that happened last year in Minneapolis. I, I was up there for that game, and Illinois won by 30-plus against the Gophers. And now they come in with a, a new first-year coach for the Gophers and absolutely impose their will on them. Kofi Coburn puts up a game-high 29 points, 10 rebounds for him. On 10 of 19 shooting and, and all of that in just 24 minutes, I thought he was fantastic tonight. And, and just give him the first-team All-American nod right now. Uh, and Alfonso Plummer with 10, Jacob Grandison with 11. And that's it for double-digit scoring. I think DeMonte Williams played pretty well, 9 points, 3 of 4 from 3. That's promising from DeMonte. We haven't seen that uh, really ability. But, uh, Andy, more than anything... You hit it on the head with this team had fresh legs, and maybe they had fresher legs because they had this time off. Brad Underwood lamented a little bit with us yesterday in the media about not getting those two-a-days over Christmas break. He really wanted that time to get into them a little bit and really have that uh, extended time off from game, so to speak, to practice. And and they don't have that. They weren't practicing, doing much of anything with 10 guys with COVID, uh, as, as we learned yesterday. But... Uh, Look, this team showed no rust, picked right up where it left off of Brackenrights because that's the last time we've seen them on the court was December 22nd, and they were lights out in that game. Come into the game tonight at the barn, lights out once again, and I think now sitting at 3-0 and in the conference, they are in the driver's seat once again, and look, they're 3 through uh, 20 here, okay? So, like, they've still got 17 games left. I don't want to get too far ahead, 
But if you keep yourself in the driver's seat, now you're two games ahead of Purdue. Like there's there's a lot of goodwill with this team right now going into Thursday night's game against Maryland. Also with uh, a first year coach, interim coach there. Uh, after Mark Turgeon stepped down earlier this year. Then you go to Nebraska. I mean, this is just the start and the kind of play that I think so many Illini fans maybe expected. And yet, like, here we are. They're they're living up to that expectation. Yeah, and, I mean, that's going to be a really interesting game on Thursday with them only having – it's going to end up being like 46 hours or something like that after – uh, as soon as this game got got over with, so the seeing how they're going to be able to turn it around after, you know, having so long to prepare for this Minnesota game, even if they weren't able to do so on the practice court, I'm sure the resumes and everything they were, you know, talking to these guys about the 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 game plan. But you know, three out of twenty games, you know, there's still so much left in the Big Ten calendar, and it's going to come and go just like that. Uh, we're going to be sitting here in March pretty soon. And it sounds weird to say that because the year just got started, but it's going to go by quick. There's going to be two games a week, every week. And, you know, these are the types of games that Illinois needs to win. And the game against Maryland is is a game that Illinois needs to win on their home floor. uh, Like you already said, against a team that's kind of in transition with an interim coach right now. So Illinois is exactly where it needs to be. And And it's shown us, exactly what it needs to, sh- to show us as well. It wasn't just that they won these past uh, three Big Ten games. It's that they went out and dominated in those games. And I know the Iowa game was close on the scoreboard, and, but it felt like Illinois really had that one in the bag. And then I go back to Rutgers. It was the same kind of blowout that tonight was, uh, you know, on the road in Minneapolis. So it, Illinois, is, I feel like, is in such a good spot and they're passing the eye test too. And that's important right now. And probably with this win, and you'd hope a win against Maryland on Thursday, they'd probably find themselves back in the top 25 because they were playing like a top 25 team today. Yeah, no doubt about that. They're going to be in the top 25 as long as they can take care of the Terps on Thursday night. And when you go to Nebraska, you know, next Tuesday, a week from tonight, and then it sets up for that Michigan Purdue swing. Purdue is not playing very well. They got a lot of issues. And Michigan lost to Rutgers tonight. They have issues as well, certainly with some COVID things. They didn't have a lot of players uh, tonight, some depth issues. I know they still have their starting five, but they lose at Rutgers. I mean, you're just playing well at the right time to start 2022 and get those positive vibes. For me, Andy, Marquette feels like a long way away. That Cincinnati loss seems like a long time ago now. And in one sense, it is. It's six, six, eight weeks ago now at this point, uh, a couple of months into this season. But I feel like the team is starting to find its identity and what it is. And they're a really, really good basketball team. I, I firmly believe that. I firmly believe they're a top 25 basketball team. And the main reason for that, in my eyes, is is the dominance of Kofi Coburn. Trent Frazier, uh, a quiet night tonight with just five points, but he didn't need to do a lot. I, I think um, the the ability for this team to have so many different weapons capable of doing so many different things, and it all, in my eyes, centers around Kofi. And, and I don't expect Kofi to get 29 points every night and dominate like he did tonight um, with a couple assists, uh, a steal in there, only one turnover, drew nine fouls. I, I think that's a huge stat in there that, that he just imposed his will in that. Um, but you know that... Those other players like Trent can go off. Alfonso can can once again um, score in 
double digits. You know, he has 10 again tonight, and those were mostly early there. I thought he came into the game and, and yeah. really had some early presence and, and didn't do a lot in the second half. But um, it's all those other pieces to me, Andy, that I think support the cast of, of mainly Kofi. Um, but certainly Jacob Grandison needs that praise as well. Four for five from the field tonight, six rebounds in that four assist. I don't know. We, we can't talk about that guy enough. And I loved his quote after the game that he, that he told uh, the media just that, Hey, you know what? It ain't nothing but a thing, whatever. Like, Hey, we got COVID. We're going to be out for, you know, 10 plus days, whatever. Like this team is starting to um, really come into that form of, Hey, we're, we're veteran. We're mature. We're old. And no matter what comes at us, COVID be damned. Like we're going to be all right. Did Alfonso make a three tonight? Uh, no three, I can't remember. three. Yeah. See that that was that's something that uh you you normally don't see. So you mentioned the the supporting cast around Kofi, and tonight it was Jacob Grandison. Some nights it's going to be Alfonso, other nights it's it's going to be Trent. But when you're going to have nights where Minnesota is going one on one with Kofi, I think you need to take advantage of that as much as you can. I don't know why that was the case for so much of tonight. Where. It seemed like Minnesota wasn't double-teaming double him and triple-teaming him, but that's – teams found out what's going to happen when you just leave Kofi one-on-one. And I think that – I think we all know that Kofi coming back was the biggest, most important storyline for – excuse me, the team coming into this season. But, you know, just imagining where this team would be without Kofi, he just brings so much – there was a point, a stretch in the – second half where Illinois had already um, scored a bunch coming out of halftime and took Kofi out of the game, gave him a breather. He only played 24 minutes tonight, I think, too, which just goes to show how dominant he was. And he wasn't on the court, and I think they they went on a pretty long scoring drought there. So, you know, thankfully, Illinois doesn't have to live in that reality all the time of, you know, having to deal with uh, of life without Kofi this season. But you know, he has just been on another level. And, you know, it, you already said earlier, you know, pretty much cementing his name as a first-team All-American at this point. Just there's no one else who is as dominant as, as he has been this year. And Illinois, I think, can ride that all the way to a pretty nice berth in March Madness, dare I say, talking about that all the way here in January. But, you know, he, the way that he plays – and the way that he opens the game up for that supporting cast, whoever, whoever it is on whichever night, um, the way that that he's able to do that, it, it just fits this team so well. And there's not a lot of teams that can do that around the country. Yeah, and the biggest stat in that, Andy, is the points in the paint tonight, 42-18 to 18 in favor of the Illini, and they double up the rebounds, 52-26. to 26. That's all Kofi Coburn. I mean, that, that yeah. is, in essence, what Kofi does and what he is and his presence and the gravity that he brings and, and, you know, what he is able to do. And, Andy, I was shocked that they were trying to play him one-on-one. Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're a coach how you can go into that thinking, in, unless it's a Purdue, uh, you know, unless it's a Michigan with Hunter Dickinson. I mean, what other coach is going to – you know, try and guard him one-on-one. -on -one. I just, I don't understand that. I, I can't see that. And they, you know, took a chance and just said, okay, well, you know, we're not going to let the shooters get hot. And then Kofi goes for 29. So pick your poison on what you want to do. But that shocked me tonight that they were trying to just play him single coverage without a double or triple in most instances.
Yeah, even the rebounding stuff too. <clears throat> I asked Brad Underwood about it after the game because uh, to to me, you read that stat and it's like you fifty two to twenty six. You doubled him up on rebounds, and when I asked Brad about it, he t- said verbatim that I don't take too much out of that. Uh, he, the way that he described it was it just seemed like the game plan for Minnesota was to get one possession, get one good shot, and get back on defense and try and stop the Alana that way. It didn't work out that well because on the other side, if you're just one-on-one with Kofi, that's not going to go so well for the team trying to guard him one-on-one that often. And give credit to the Illinois defense as well on that one shot that Minnesota was taking, they played them really well, made them take tough shots. And that in the end is why Illinois won this game. I think they came in both teams with pretty comparable defenses. Illinois did have that edge as far as points scored per game though, coming in. And it just showed again that, you know, Illinois was able to develop this game plan and it had a long time to develop the game plan, 13 days to do so. And it just worked against Minnesota. And I don't know if that's, going to be the same for every other Big Ten team? Probably, of course, not because every team is so different, but they just had the perfect thing for Minnesota tonight. And, you know, like you and I both said, we were left kind of scratching our heads about some of those decisions that the Gophers made, but, you know, Illinois put put themselves in a situation to take advantage of that. Kofi Coburn up now to 22.5 points per game this season. In just 10 games, that's top five in the country, 225 total points, and essentially 12 rebounds per game now at 11.9. Look, he is a force to be reckoned with, and this Big Ten is shaping up to be a lot of fun as well. Keegan Murray right up there uh, leading the country in points. Johnny Davis right behind him. So uh, we're going to have some of these battles in the Big Ten that are going to continue, and and that doesn't even include you know the big guys, and Edie and Travion Williams at Purdue and, and Hunter Dickinson, of course, at Michigan, and, and you can go down the list, Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana. Like All of these matchups are what make it so much fun for me. And and like you said, we're just three games in. We're, we're just getting started here of what this is going to be. So uh, another check mark for the Illini, and that's what I'm going to remember out of this one is, hey, they came back off the COVID pause. They had no rust. They were able to get the job done. They took care of business. They look like a top 25 team, top 20 team in that, and they took down a Minnesota team that – I'm not sure is that good, Andy, but they were 10-1 coming in, so you had to give them credit. They beat Michigan, and and they had a couple of Power 5 wins in that as well. So, uh, hey, you get, you roll through Minneapolis, you move on, and uh, you know we, we try and uh, take credence into what this is and, and this run of, of um, what this is going to be for the Illini because I think it's setting up to be another special season, and, and uh, they just got to continue to get better and, and improve the pieces. Andy, final thoughts from Minneapolis. I I hope it doesn't snow too bad. Illinois, I know, got out of here before the blizzard got started. But, no, you know, Illinois showed a lot, I think, tonight. And I don't know if what we saw tonight is different than other games that we've seen this season, like the Rutgers game or, you know, the even the Iowa game as well. But they were able to do it coming off of – something that a lot of other teams have really struggled coming back from. We don't even, it doesn't even need to be college basketball. I think we've seen every sport that COVID pauses can be really detrimental for the success and the momentum that a program is going through. And Illinois just 
completely turned that narrative on its head and came out so strong. Like nothing had happened like this, like the Missouri game had been just a few days ago and, and they were still rolling off that momentum. So the fact that they were able to do that by not being able to practice for a, a good majority of the, of those two weeks, you know, told me a lot and we'll see if they, if this is the ceiling or if, they can smash through it and, and get even better than where they are right now. But team is pretty darn good where it's at right now and what we've seen from them this season. So if they can keep this going, they can keep that vibe in, in a positive spot, then, you know, Illinois is going to be a hard out in whatever tournament, Big Ten, March Madness, whatever it's going to be. And I, I think they're shaping up to be a good team. The COVID pause no longer. Illinois back on the court. Nobody wearing masks today, right? Didn't see anybody uh, with a mask? No one. No, we, we were wondering about that since Brad told us yesterday that it was to be determined if that was going to be the case. Some players coming off the COVID list uh, around college basketball have to wear a mask while they're playing. Um, and, I, and I know that is for safety reasons, but you have to imagine that playing in a mask probably isn't the most comfortable thing. It's going to mess with the game a little bit. But no one on Illinois had that problem tonight. Uh, they were all maskless. And, uh, yeah, everyone was off the COVID list. All right, Andy, that'll do it from Minneapolis. Safe travels back. Avoid that blizzard. You going to get out early? We're going to try to. We're, we're going to see. It's already snowing, so we'll see Uh-oh. how bad it is in the morning. All right. Safe travels back, and we will do it again on Thursday for Io DeSumo's uh, banner-raising, jersey-raising uh, to the rafters ceremony. Don't know a time yet on that, whether it'll be pregame or postgame, uh, but we will pass that along to you when we get it, and uh, we'll see – Io DeSumo back in the building for the second time this year. He was in Champaign for the ring ceremony. A little bit of a late arriver there. Maybe they'll do that at halftime to make sure Io gets to Champaign in time. Uh, but the Bulls rookie set to be back and in the building at State Farm Center Thursday for the 6 o'clock start against Maryland. For Andy Olson, I'm Brett Behrens. Thanks so much for listening to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. We will talk to you next time.